podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues, three opinions, one Everton podcast. Welcome to episode 98 of the Unholy Trinity Podcast, brought to you in association with FanHub, where the fans come to it, and our retail partner, Fanatics. Delighted to say we've got a couple of guests on this week. Um, in a change with proceedings, we've got one of our our usual Evertonians on. He's been he's been on quite a few times, and that's uh, Callum Wyatt. Callum, how are you getting on, mate? All good, thanks. Good to see you all. Thanks for having me on again. Yeah, no, no problem, mate. And, and it's great to see, as we've said already before we started recording, that you've copied Lee's wallpaper and you have got fake books yeah. behind you as well. So <laughs> yeah, take your while to read, to read all them. Um, so we'll definitely get a clip out to show everyone everyone that wallpaper, that's for sure. Um, but also, would have been a bit, a bit of a double game week as the, the League Cup kicks off on Tuesday as we, we travel to Huddersfield Town. Uh, we, we've managed to get on a, a Huddersfield Town fan and, and he wants to be on for the whole show because he said he's got a lot of things to say about uh, certain Leeds United and also Dominic Calvert-Lewin, which we look forward to. And that's, that's Dave Beasley. Dave, how are you going, mate? Very well, thank you. Yes, I'm very pleased to be here. This is the first podcast I've ever done. So I'll try, not to, I'll, try not, I'll try not to blurt out all of my football knowledge in one go. <laughs> I'm sure you'll talk more sense than Dan Reedy on a weekly basis, Dave, so you're, you're more than welcome to be on me. Uh, so we look, look forward to having a chat about about all things Everton Huddersfield later on, but also about the uh, the game yesterday, which we're going to start with, which which saw, saw us come away from Ellen Road with a, with a two-all draw. Pete, you were spot on with your prediction last weekend. You were you're right in there with a... With the two-all draw, uh, I think we all went for a good draw. Um, it was probably a, I'd, I'd say it was a really a bit of a throwback game, an entertaining game. Um, the crowd were up as we said they would be last week. First time they've had, had fans in, in the Premier League for about what eighteen years or so, something like that. So it was always going to be a difficult task. Um, but are we are we happy or are we disappointed, Pete, to come away with with only a point? I think for me, the, the overriding feeling is disappointment when you look at the game, I think, as a whole. When you look at the chances we had, and I'm sure we'll we'll come on to them and, and dissect them a little bit. But for me, when Gray put us 2-1 up fairly early on in the second half, we then had about two or three big chances to put the game beyond leads that we just didn't quite take. Um so I think most Blues would probably look at the result and feel a bit disappointed. But I think, you know, did we play better than we did against Southampton? Yes. You know, for both halves, it was a much better performance. I think against a much better team. I thought Leeds, on the whole, uh, played, you know, really well. They were quite open at the back. But, you know, toward the end of the first half, just before the penalty, I thought we looked like we were all puffing a bit. We didn't look as fit as them. I was I was worried they were going to get a bit of a... Sneedy goal because they were being very aggressive and um, so playing quite a lot of difficult passes behind our back line. Um, 
but then yeah we went ahead twice and I think when you you go ahead twice away from home you just end up feeling quite disappointed getting pegged back twice so I think you've got to you've got to see the bigger picture but yeah I was slightly disappointed what are your thoughts Callum are you feeling the same as Peter I know obviously like Pete said especially when you go ahead twice and I thought personally after getting that second goal you might just come away a little bit here because they're going to have to push on for this equaliser. Um, we managed to silence the the Ellen Road crowd. Um, but are you are you feeling the same as Peter? A little bit disappointed that in the end it was only a point, or is it is it important that we look at that bigger picture and say it's, it's probably on the in the grand scheme of things a a good point in? It's a weird one really because before the game going to Leeds, you'd, you'd take a point, wouldn't you? You'd take a point and say it's our place to go. We'll take a point. But then you look at them last week and United have, United have absolutely stuffed them 5-1. Um, you're thinking you've got a bit of a chance. But then once obviously you've gone that 2-1 up, it's just typical Everton again, isn't it? Just like crumbling and not holding on to the lead. And it was a terrible goal to concede, um, as was the first one as well. So, yeah, I think it's two points drop really when you look at the, the game. But in terms of how we played, we played some nice counter-attack stuff. Um, I just don't think defensively we're nowhere near what we should be. I just think the chance we let them out and the goals we conceded, um, I thought Keane was poor again. Um, I think the problem when you're playing them two at centre-back, Keane and Mina, they're both so slow, like so slow. And once one of them gets beat, you know, and you've got your, your two full-backs, Dean and Coleman, like high and wide, I just thought we looked so exposed at times, um, especially for the... Which goal was it? The, the Cleese goal, um, where Keane's totally missed the ball, and you've got him behind. You know, just catastrophic defending, really. Um, but I thought, I thought Mina played well in that game. But I thought for that goal, he should have really stayed where he was and forced Banford to go and have a shot. Because once he's come across, he's allowed to pass inside and he couldn't recover. So, sort of bad defending all round, really. Yeah. I think. I mean, the, the defending on the whole. You know, we've we said against Southampton, obviously, individual mistake, Michael Keane. You, you could argue individual mistake again for Michael Keane for the for the first Leeds goal. Um, it was the position yeah. for me, though. The position of them was just terrible. You watch the game back, how many times Michael Keane got dragged out of position. And when you're a centre-back, you know, and, and you're good centre-backs, you know, you're never really meant to leave your other centre-back partner, especially not getting dragged out into wide positions. Um, but Keane for me was getting dragged out wide all the time and just exposing Mina um, massively in that game. And to be fair, Leeds had some really good chances as well, apart from the goals that he scored. I think those. I think obviously there's been a lot of talk on social media. I know the, the, the agreements on on this podcast is probably the same that the our two best centre halves that we would look to start week in week out. One basically, if, if the fifth is is the main the main reason, uh, but they, they probably. Will complement each other a bit better. Will be Godfrey and, and yeah, you mean will be probably the better two centre halves um, going forward. So hopefully, you know that that can be addressed. I mean, we've seen in the first two games the the defensive frailties that we've got. But what what I was encouraged by Lee was was the fact that okay, we, we threw away two points. You can argue that because we had chances um, to to win the game and we were ahead twice. But I thought a really a really key aspect of the performance was the fact that when we were 2-1 up. We, we didn't particularly go on the back foot. I mean, we, we've seen Everton quite a lot over the years where we get a lead, especially in the second half, and we then just sit and go, right, soak it up, soak it up. Now, I know Leeds had a lot of possession, but I thought we were always a threat on the counter with that pace. You know, whether it be the Gray, we thought was exceptional. 
Um, obviously, Calvert-Loon's finding a bit of fitness. It's Charleston, always causing problems. Townsend, when he comes on, is always going to run with the ball and look to get crosses in. The threat from Everton, I thought, was always there, wasn't it? Yeah, it was 100%. I think, I think one thing Bielsa's teams will always give you is chances, the way they play. You know, Leeds, Leeds, this particular Leeds team, you know, they're very good going forward. They play with such energy and pace. You have to match that first and foremost and then try and play from there. And we did it, like you know, obviously when we played him last season in the league um, at their place. But obviously a very different kettle of fish yesterday because, you know, first time they've had a full, full house of fans in the Premier League, what, 14 years, wasn't it? 15 years, something like that. And it was a really raucous atmosphere. So, yeah, in, in answer to your question, mate, yeah, we, we had enough chances there, certainly after going 2-1 up. Pete just alluded to it there. You know, Calvert-Lewin had two good chances, uh, particularly the second one, um, what he's getting a lot of stick for, and we'll come on and talk about that in a second. But first one was a decent save from the keeper, actually. Uh, um, one of those that could have easily gone through his legs, but he sat down on it, isn't it? So it was more, more about that than anything else. But... Um, yeah, it's pleasing to see that we're still having a go and still still being ruthless on the counter. Um, I would have thought, I was quite surprised we didn't start with Townsend, I'll be honest. There's one thing Townsend does give you, and he showed it against Southampton, is, is with a lot of energy. He tracks his man. Obviously, the biggest worries we've got, you know, is, is leads his pace, as we were saying. And, um, you know, Rafinha in particular causes all sorts of problems. I mean, can you imagine if we had Rafinha on the right side? The balance and pace we'd have in that team, and it'd be, it yeah. would be, we'd look a completely different side. He, he was a real top player, and he, he played well against us last season as well. Um, but yeah, Awobi did well, though. To be fair, credit where it's due. You know, he, he came in, played that right side. We've all said between us that we think if Awobi does play, his best position is ten. Yeah, and when he drifted in inside a few times, uh, he caused problems. I mean, that 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 layoff for Calvert Lewin actually, or the little pass. I mean, that was Hammers-esque, wasn't it? You know, he's obviously dragged it inside the defender, come centrally and played a lovely ball there. Um, and obviously, as we know there with Dom, he just has to lift it over the keeper, then he just lift it and it's a goal. Um, but, you know, it's one of those, you know, and 2-1, they're still in the game. 3-1, you pretty much think it's sewn up. Um, and I, I kind of agree with Callum in a, in a way. The second goal should have been preventing the fact you shouldn't let them bring down the ball in your box like that. When it's laid off to the lad, I mean, that's a finish, that. That's oh, a yeah. great finish. I mean, that, that's Robin Van Persie in his prime, isn't it? You know, yeah. whipping it with, with pace there, with his left foot. I don't know what it is with him, though. With him and Bruno Fernandes seem to score absolute worldies against us, don't they? Yeah. They can both hit a ball. I mean, Rafinha had three or four attempts, didn't he? So, he, he, you know, he was always going to get one of them on target eventually. But, um, but no, look, overall, if, you know, like, like Callum said then, I mean... You'd, take, you'd have taken a point beforehand just purely for the circumstance, if anything else. Their first home game, big crowd, um, and we acquitted ourselves well. Uh, yes, you'd like it to have a bit more of the ball, but you know we clearly were set up to play counter-attack. <coughs> and, um, I will say, though, um, it would be interesting to get you guys' opinions on it. I think even at 2-2, both teams looked a bit leggy last 10, and we had a couple of great opportunities. We got into some great positions last 10. Coleman got in a great position, swung at it with his yeah. left foot. When he should have laid it out wide, Decore got in a similar position again. Could have laid it out wide and probably, you know, created a pullback situation on an overload there. And then um, I think he was at Townsend as well. Got in a great position. I didn't mind him shooting as much because it was on his proper foot. But um, just a, just decision making there last ten. Decision making yeah. there last ten. You make better decisions there. You know, we've created an overload. Play it out wide. Pull it back. Or you know, 
there's a chance of a tap-in. So, you know, that, that was frustrating because I thought we might have nicked it at the end there. But look, 2-2, two, two, take the point. You know, we've played both, ironically, both played the same teams uh, um, as United, haven't they? And we've both taken four points. Mm. So if you consider the money they've, they've spent on players and their bench compared to ours, I mean, yeah. you'd say that's a reasonable start, wouldn't you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, of course. I think, I mean, one thing I want to touch on, and, and Dave, I'll bring you in for this as a, as a Huddersfield fan, obviously, the Eleanor was always going to be a bit of a, a raucous atmosphere yesterday. Um, and I think it, I was saying to the lads early on, you know, it's important that we try and keep keep them quiet as quickly as possible. Um, and we managed to do, obviously, with the, the penalties from, from Calvert-Lewin. And it, it was fantastically put away, by the way. I thought it was it was, it was was really, really well well finished. And, and I'm right. delighted to see Calvert-Lewin on penalties as well. I think it's, you know, it's, if we look at the goals he scored last season, throw penalties into the mix and, you know, he can add a, a good few more goals to his to his overall tally. But we, we, we saw, Dave, you probably saw yourself when when Don was going to take his penalty, there was a fella showing his belly off and rubbing his belly behind the goal. And when when Dom scored and he was showing his showing his name and number, um, Sandy Tosfig rocked up from the Great British Bake Off to, to give him the middle finger and all <laughs> stuff like that in, in the crowd. But, but, you know, as a Huddersfield fan, obviously there's a little bit of rivalry there. What, what are your thoughts on, on Leeds being in the Premier League now? And, you know, is, is it, are they a really, really passionate fan base? Um, what historically, how have you found it goes well on road? Uh, well, to tell you the truth, I've never been to Ellen Road, and I've not as a, my... as a club. Sorry, as a club, sorry. Oh, what do I think it going? What's it like going to Ellen Road? Well, I think I understand what you're saying about you know philosophically. Is it is it a good point or is it two points dropped, etc. I think it's all relative, and you have to take into account what. Everton's other results are going to be like going away and getting a point at Leeds is a great point if you've got a good chance of then taking Leeds to Ellen to, to your own to Goodison Park and beating them. But Everton at home last season were just very very unconvincing at home, weren't they? You know, it wasn't that sort of um, fortress that you would hope Goodison Park would be. So if if you're not getting the home wins at home that you would hope Everton would do, then really going away to a team like Leeds um, that do throw everything at you, you know, there's an argument to be said that actually if Everton are going to progress and, you know, get into that top six and eventually top four, hopefully, going away to a club like Leeds is somewhere you want to be going and trying, trying to win. Not coming away thinking, oh, that's a good point. You know, that go and, go and beat them. Get that mentality away. This is a team that, on paper, we should be. We're better than. And, and I think I think that point is is spot on. And I think it's important at times when, obviously, we talk about our own club. Obviously, we we've got that that biased opinion. Of course, we haven't, and we'll see things sometimes with with blue tinted glasses on. Um, and we all said last week, you know, sat down, recorded, and said, you know, if you come away with a point, I think in the grand scheme of things, taking into account the fact that. They had the fans back in for the, the first time uh, since he's been back in the Premier League. Um, you know, notoriously and historically, they're, they're a decent fan base. It's always pretty loud at Ellen Road. And, you know, the, the football that they play, it's going to be, you know, probably a difficult task for us to go there and, and win the game. Taking into account, obviously, transfers that have been made, plays that we've got missing, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, of course, last season we went there 
and won the game. But totally different circumstances. And when you were playing at sort of neutral venues, if you like, it was as we showed showed last season, winning away games was much easier for us um, than winning at home. But I think you're right in terms of the mentality side. We quite often have discussed that over the last 18 months uh, since we've been recorded. That one thing that Everton needs to switch is that is to a winning mentality. And we thought at times last season, going to Anfield, winning for the first time um, since since 1999, um, going to, to the Emirates and beating Arsenal, you know, winning winning those kind of games and picking up points against the better sides, that that mentality was shifting. And unfortunately, it, it wasn't enough. But I think you're right. I think that there will be certainly a section of, of Evertonians and hopefully those within the club who, who have thought we need to go there and we should be going to, to win the game. Um, but I think, I think I think to be fair, though, Pete, on, uh, in terms of how we set up and, and the, the tactics that Benitez played and, and played to yesterday, I thought we got it pretty much spot on. And again, we're going back to individual mistakes, Michael Keane, um, Carl's mentioned obviously defensively he thought, he thought you know, we, we weren't great for the, for the majority of the game and I, I'd agree with that um, but we certainly created enough to win the game on, on another day you know Don puts one of his chances away or like Lee said later on we, we make a different decision but you come away from there with three points and you'd probably say a draw was fair but you, you could argue a win for either side on a day Yeah absolutely I think like we're all just saying you know <sighs> There were big chances, big chances that, you know, Calvert-Lewin had at least two, but I think, you know, Decore got more involved second half when he seemed to have a, a bit more licence to go forward. Um, like Lee said, there were a couple of moments where maybe it was some leggy decision-making, you know, where Coleman had a great chance to sort of just slot the Charleston through and for some reason decided to shoot on his left foot. Um, but, you know, it's all... Ifs, buts and maybes, isn't it? I think that the key for me is the performance as a whole. For, for me, we played much, much better than we did against Southampton. I thought the first half against Southampton, we struggled to really string passes together. We, we It was all just a bit too quick to go direct and go long, and we struggled to make it stick. And I was a bit worried about seeing that again, really. And I thought Leeds could really punish us you know, if we gave the ball away. I think if you look at the, um, the possession stats... We had something about 30% possession. You know, across yeah, the, we really let Leeds have the ball, but when we did have the ball, we used it well. And I think that was the difference for me. And I think, like you're saying, Mike, on another day, because of that, because of how well, you know, generally we did use the ball, we, we were unfortunate not to win, really. Um, and that's that's the difference, isn't it? The highest level, just what you do with those big chances and whether you take them or not. It'll be interesting, just from the game yesterday in terms of if we'll stick to like a 4-4-2 and have Richarlison up next to Calvert-Lewin. I think when he's up, up with Calvert-Lewin, he's a he's a better player, isn't he? But obviously, you lose that sort of extra man in midfield, potentially. Um, so it'll be interesting, I think, in terms of going forward, what game we change and go to a 4-2-3-1 type thing or go back to a 4-4-2, because obviously Brighton next week, um, we just see what he does there, because obviously they play a back five, don't they? It will be yeah, interesting that. Sorry, Mike. I was going to say, I was worried about a two in midfield yesterday, actually. Decore mm. and Allen. Obviously, Decore's been tasked with trying to be box-to-box box and get forward. Yeah. But Allen, nice. Like, he likes going hunting the ball and vacating his position. But I thought both yeah. of them played brilliant yesterday. Both of them had really good games. Um thought Decore, again, was everywhere. Excellent. Allen yeah. is actually... A, 
he's a better player on the ball than you give him credit for, Alan. He's a good footballer. Um, he, he occasionally looks like you know the prem. The prem is a bit quick for him at times. Um, yeah. And you know he does. He does. He does. He does get caught. But um, yeah, you know, he's, he's he's a real sort of ball winner, isn't he? You know what I mean? He just loves hunting it. It'd be interesting to see, like like you just said there, Callum. Though occasionally, I think he'll playing on his fitness will play Gabamin in that six. And then yeah. have, have Alan just go around, have Alan just going around like Gattuso, just snapping people. I mean, and, and trying to trying to win the ball back. Um, that, I think that's his best position for me, just winning the ball and giving it giving it forward quickly. Because he carried it a yeah. few times, Alan, as well. If you look he did, at yeah. As well, yeah. he didn't just win it back. He carried it, and he and, and he was looking to play it forward. And if you were going to criticise Everton's midfield last season, it was all a bit slow and safe and sideways. And you know that that's one of the biggest differences so far, as well as the pace in the side. Obviously, bringing Gray in instantly said this to you boys of the week. Said just by having someone, anyone with pace in that side will look quick. Because we were so, we were so laborious last season, so yeah, yeah, I think it'd be interesting. I think he will switch it up occasionally, depending on who we're playing against. I think if we get him um, that angry set, is it from Fulham? Yeah, I think he'll look stand on. He's a, he's a decent player, and he'll definitely give us something extra in that midfield. Um, but I think Gray at the moment is looking absolute steel, isn't he? He's just so direct. He's like what we've been crying out for, really, as as a winger, just literally beating players, getting around the outside. And whipping great balls and like the ball he delivered in the first half to Calvert Lewin, and Calvert Lewin's a bit slow to get there. You know, that's the kind of stuff that we need, just exciting players who can make things happen in an instant, really, on the counter. We have piece about um, the, the two important players yesterday to get in the game with Richard Allison because he was causing, he was causing problems, he was, he was being singled out uh, by the players. Uh, we know Richardson does get singled out quite often, and um, that, that's why he spends quite a bit of time on the floor. As much as he gets criticised for that, it's because he's such a pain, pain in the backside, and he's so dangerous. And that's what happens. There's always contact on on the um, on Richardson. But then, Damari Gray, if we, if we focus just just on him, what what an exceptional what an exceptional game. And we said already about the pace, and because we haven't had pace for so long, when you do inject it into a side. You probably notice it even more, but the way he carried that ball, you know, it was just exceptional. You look at the first half; he was sprinting away from the defender with the ball, and he was just causing he was causing problem after problem. Look at look at his finish, you know, the, the goal and and how he took his goalie. Bear in mind that first touch wasn't great, and you think the chance is gone. You know, you think it's 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 gone. Think the Corey played it in some, didn't he? And it's you know he stumbled a little bit, gets it out of his feet, left foot finish. And you know you see what it means to, to to the kid. You know he's he's as we said last week, he took a chance. He went to Germany to try and play his trade over there to try and get some regular first team football. He comes to to Everton. You know the early signs are really promising. One point six million pounds is an absolute steal in the in the current market. But I was delighted for him yesterday to see him get that goal early on in his Everton career, and also just see what it meant to it's meant to the lad as well because the celebrations were were fantastic. And these lad. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it was. He took the goal really well because obviously he was lucky it came back to the Corey, but then he fed him in and, and obviously just behind him and he didn't take it in his stride, but he showed a lovely bit of feet there just to step over it. And it's a nice finish if you look at it. He's just like, sort of like, you know, sort of stunned it into the corner through his legs and the keeper's got no chance when that happens. Um, but yeah, look, I was, I was delighted for him. He, he started his career well so far. I mean, it's early doors. I heard the commentator say, I don't know whether you picked it up. But, um, but uh, I don't know whether you picked it up. He actually said that when he started his career um, 
uh, for Leverkusen. He scored in his first 10 minutes of his debut and then got three assists in the first three games and then did nothing after that. So let's hope it's not an omen that he likes to start his career and then obviously yeah. tail off. Um, the difference is, obviously, they had two other wingers that were probably keeping him out the side not long after that. Uh, obviously, one of which we should, we should have bloody got in the market, but that's another story. But um, by the way, no, I think he's look, he started well and he looks bright. Um, thought Townsend again did well when he came on. Obviously, look, we, we said at the start if they if they if we spent 1.7 million on two players, that's not a bad you know return on investment for those guys. But obviously, we want to be in, in in the market for you know let's be honest for top top players. Um, now he could be proved to be a steal at that price, and 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 at the moment he looks like it. But yeah, I still I being greedy, I'd still want us to sign another another winger on on that right side. Yeah. Like I said before, you know, a Rafinha type, um, you know, a Neto at Wall, like that. Those, yeah. That type of player, I feel, like would really, really enhance our team. Because uh, then you've got it on both sides, haven't you? Um, well, it's only it's on one side. Richard and Calvert-Lewin, you know what I mean? Like, having good players, fast players like that, really, I think, help bring out their game as well. Because when they're laying the ball off or playing the ball in behind, but actually, the players like Gray now can get onto that ball. Because um, they're quick, so yeah, we do we do need yeah. like, yeah. another another sign and one with speed who can just get to the byline and whip crosses in. Definitely, it's, it's a mix, isn't it? There's a clear there's a clear sign from Benitez early doors, isn't there, that he's looking to get it out wide and get it whipped in. And yeah. Dom Dom did just get on the end of a few last week. Same again this week. So it's only a matter of time before he starts getting on the end of a few more. I mean, he could have had a hat trick yesterday. You know what I mean, yeah. uh, I'm pleased. And by the way, I'm pleased he's on pens as well. Obviously, look, he's, you know, everyone goes on about his his his, his goals. Obviously, non pen pen goals, but you know, let's be honest. If if he's a centre forward, you want him taking your pens because he could get five, six, three goals a season there. You know, if he has yeah. five, six pens last season, he's finished on over twenty goals in the Premier League. So, yeah. I mean, you you take that all day. So, yeah, yeah, you, you're right. I think it just someone like a Rafinha type. You know, uh, on that side would give us so much balance, and and like you said, Callum, a little such a blend of, uh, of of different options going forward. Then, yeah. Well, focusing on on uh, on Dom because you know moving on slightly, but focusing on his performance in the game, there was there was a little bit of unrest uh, on social media from Everton fans yesterday. After you know, as we said already, we, we could have won the game. We had a a couple of, of really good chances for, for Dom. You know, there was a, a keen, keen chance late on. Michael Keane as well had a, had a, had a chance uh, near the end. But Dom, Dom was pulled a little bit for the chances that, that, he, that he missed. Um, and, you know, what, what I would say is, let's take into account the fact that he's been nursing this injury. He's not been training. Bear in mind, he's, he's been getting managed. He's been knocking down insane for the last couple of weeks. So, obviously, there's, there's, there's an issue there which you've got to manage. So, his sharpness probably isn't quite there just yet. So, OK, he could have scored them, but it happens, you know, all, all strikers miss, miss chances. Um, but, Dave, to get, to get your opinion on, on Calvert-Lewin from someone on the outside, what, what's your thoughts on him? Obviously, um, you know, we, we signed him from Sheffield United. Um, he's, he's played, I mean, Robert Pugh had him playing as a, as a right wing-back at one point, and he's, he's become our, our main focal point and our main striker. And, and he's doing a really good job. But for yourself, looking from the outside in, what are your thoughts on his development and how, how he's progressed as a, as a striker? Well, I I first saw Calvert-Lewin when I actually went to watch Everton at Goodison when Everton played Huddersfield. 
and Huddersfield actually played Everton off the park that day, but lost two 0 But they, they got, that's another. I thought I'd get that in. Um, but he played, and you could tell he was. I think he was about eighteen then or nineteen. He was. He was very raw looking. But I, I just loved. You could just tell that he had all the qualities: big, strong, decent touch, decent movement. So I'm not surprised to see him doing well and getting, you know, called up for England and and what have you. I mean, I have always found it really interesting the way that strikers get stick for missing chances. You know, people often say, well, you know, putting the ball on the back of the net is the hardest thing. I don't know if that's true. I think the hardest thing in football is getting in positions to get, to have the chance to score. I think that's... Everton fans are going to be careful what they wish for. You've got a young lad there that, that as a striker, isn't far away from being able to do pretty much everything. You know, he's a... He's a big power. Even if he misses a lot of chances one day, he's a handful to play against. He's not talking about a poacher here that just sort of, you know, walks about and only comes alive in the box. He's, he's a workhorse as well. So the one thing that you don't want to be doing is getting it into your head that someone like that isn't quite up to it because it's much better to have a striker like that that, that is capable of missing a chance now and again than a striker that doesn't have the same movement or nouse about them to actually get into those positions in the first place. And he's young as well. You know, finishing, his finishing can be worked on in training. That comes with confidence as well. I mean, the way that he took that penalty, I thought it looked a bit like Harry Kane, actually. It, it was, just, yeah. He was almost, mm. you sort of oozed arrogance, didn't he? For someone who is not a normal penalty taker, that is a really good sign, I think. I think that He's come on so much in a couple of years if Everton stick with him, which I think that they might if they don't. I think he'll. Why? Why? Why would anyone doubt that he's finishing what what improving this couple of years as well? I think he could be a real, a real force. I really do. Strikers like that that can do pretty much a bit of everything. The the few and far between. So, I, I just think it'd be ludicrous to get on his back for missing a few chances one day. I'm sure if you go back in history, Alan Shearer had the odd game where he missed a few setters. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that, mate. I really do. I think he has got a bit of everything. And he's quick. He's quicker than he looks as well. He's a quick yeah. lad. You can get it. You know, he doesn't necessarily run in behind a lot. But, you know, if he's in a foot race with someone, if the ball is slipped over the top, he's going to get there more often than not. And you heard Cooper's comments after the game saying, you know, obviously for the penalty, he said they both had all of each other's shirt. OK, well, definitely a penalty. But, he said he even said himself he was an absolute, he's a handful he's a big strong boy, yeah. so therefore as a centre half you know you know he's got pace you know he can hold hold it off you as well. Um, so yeah, you, you're right. I mean he would be a nightmare to play against, an absolute nightmare. You could possibly say, look, if you look at someone like Lukaku, who's not too dissimilar, you know, can run in behind with pace and and obviously can play with his back to goal. Lukaku obviously was never really truly loved by Evertonians, but we look back a little bit with sort of wrote into glasses now in terms of how much of a good finisher he was. But he used to miss a lot as well. He missed a mm. hell of a lot. Yeah, he scored mm. a lot of goals. Um, and arguably his best spell in England was with Everton under Martinez. But I, I think Calvert-Lewin, yeah, you know, give him another two or three years, I agree. I think he, he's, he'll be in his prime then. Yeah. And um, I, I can see him regularly. If he stays fit, he, he'll regularly score 20, 20 more goals a season. And let's not underestimate that. Scored 20 plus goals in the Premier League. You know, the hardest league in the world. It's not an easy thing to do. Yeah, in a rubbish team as well. 
Yeah, yeah. It'd, it'd be it'd, exactly. it'd be frightening to see to see how many goals um, Don would score in a side who's competing for the league every single season. You know, um, he's he's only, watching. He's only twenty-four now. You know, he's only twenty-four. Of course, he, of course. Oh, I, I thought he was a bit younger than that. No, it's twenty-four. Yeah, twenty-four. Yeah. Just saying. So we still got, he's still got, he's still got as much as you know. We think, he, he, we all think he's probably younger than he actually is. He's still, in terms of playing um, as a striker at the top, top level, he's still, he's still pretty raw in a sense for me. You know, I, I, I go back to this point all the time. In his de- uh, development, can say it? In his development years, he was playing as a midfielder. And he was then he was then turned into a, a centre forward. Obviously, had, had a bit of lower league football, lone football, um, and Everton Everton brought him in. And going back to the time he played, he played Huddersfield as well as well. Dave, he, obviously, he's always been strong, but he was quite slight back then. He was quite quite mm. skinny, gangly, um, and he's 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 a different he's a different animal now. That that's for sure. And but you know, at twenty four, you know, watching watching Lukaku here today for Chelsea. You know, he, he's got a good a good few years on Dom. And he's got a lot of development time to, to come ahead of him. So I think the, the potential for Calvert-Lewin going forward is frightening. He, he's developed a lot in the last 18 months. He's then managed to get into the England squad. And to be fair, when, when he has played, I think he's, he's uh, acquitted himself really, really well. And we can all argue he should have got more time in the Euros, um, in, in our opinion. But he's got all the attributes there to be a top top level striker, you know, fighting for league titles and things like that, hopefully with ourselves as we as we look to to progress. But I think I think yesterday, I mean, what, what are your what are your thoughts, Pete? Do you think it was a little bit of an overreaction when I saw people saying, you know, this is what we're missing, a top, a top, top class striker. He's not top class, he will never be top class. You know, it was a little bit too much for me in terms of putting all the blame on on one player. Because like Dave's saying, his movements is very, very good. And it's getting him into those positions to try and score the goals in the first place. I can understand why people are frustrated because there were good chances. Uh, and, you know, I think to look at the chances, that they're probably chances you would expect a top striker to um, to put away. But, what you know, what I'd say is he hit the target both times. With the first chance that comes, like Lee said, another day that goes under the keeper's body, that goes through the keeper's legs. I thought that was a really good first-time finish. You know, for me, what else do you want him to do with it? You look at how the ball comes to him and how he turns and gets it on goal. I don't see, you know, any other alternative that he, he can do with that first chance in the second half. The second one, there's lots of people saying, um, you know, that he should have put it over the keeper. But, I, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm not a football coach. I don't work in football. Callum might be able to correct me on this. But my understanding was a lot of strikers now are told in one-on-one situations not to try and put it over the keeper. They're told to go either side. So I think people have got to take it with, you know, again, healthy perspective and massive pinch of salt. He's got two and two. You know, he's not had a proper pre-season. He's still building up his fitness. Um, and, it, you know, not that I'm going in on Moyes Keane, but when Keane came on for us yesterday, he only got about five minutes, but you could immediately see how it changed us as a side, not having Calvert-Lewin. You know, we couldn't hold the ball up as much. Everything that went long came straight back. We just didn't look as uh, as frightening anymore in attack. So, Pete, I think I think sorry to cut you off, Pete. I was going to say this is what the point I'm trying to make is as well. Like, not to keep going about Huddersfield, but I'm sure you're all aware of Jordan Rhodes at Huddersfield have re-signed now. 
if he if he ain't in the box scoring, he ain't, he's not doing anything. So for a striker like that, if he's missing chances, then you've got a problem because that's pretty much finishing the box is all he's good at. A striker like Calvin Lewin taking chances is yes, he's a striker, it's important, but there's so much more to his game that you have to factor in. And the last thing that lad needs to hear is that his, his own Everton fans doubting him. Because the difference between, you know, finishing like Van Persie, someone mentioned Van Persie before, <laughs> or, 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 or missing is sometimes that bit of arrogance and that bit of confidence. And and he's done it before. It's not that he can't finish. It's just that, you know, for whatever reason at the moment, he's, he's not seemingly always as confident as what other top, top strikers are. I think that second chance yesterday, when I first seen that, first seen that, I thought, he's got to bury that. He's got to score. Then when you watch it back, the keeper does really well, you know, he gets out quick to him. Um, and you might say Calvin hesitates a little bit, but if you watch him when he comes out, he does make himself quite big. Um, so I think, I don't think many strikers, yeah, the soft strikers would probably finish that maybe. Um, but I think when you watch it back, it's a harder chance than what you'd initially think, I think the, key, the keeper does well. Yeah, the keeper, yeah. He, he does close the angle, he does, he does narrow it down, uh, there's no doubt about it. He's um, close, he's close, isn't he? He's like, you know what I mean? He doesn't give him much of the goal to aim at because he comes out that far, if you know what I mean? So, yeah, he does. And I, I just think, going back to what Pete was saying, yeah, they talked to maybe go, you know, low and hard, you know, next to the keeper's legs, you know what I mean? Because obviously yeah. it's hard to get down there and things like that. You see a lot of strikers do that. I just think, yeah, look, it's one of those, isn't it? If he, if he dinks over the keeper, everyone's absolutely lauding him, you know what I mean? So, yeah. it, is, it is one of those. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to, put, to pick straws on it. Van Persie possibly, you know, on his favoured left foot would have chipped it, you know what I mean? So, but it was on his weak foot. Let, let's yeah, bear that yeah. into account. Yeah. Bear that into account as well. Um, but, you know, we can't criticise that. I agree with what David's saying there. Arrogance is a big part of football. And a big, certainly strikers. It's all on, all about confidence, isn't it? You know, yeah. I mean, if you're scoring goals, you know, the goal looks huge. You know, everything everything looks easy, comes easy to you. You know, he'll go on a barren run like he did last season, Calvert-Lewin. Um, and that's where you need your, you know, that's where you need your confidence to come back because he will go on a barren run. He'll go five, six, six games without scoring at some point. And that's where the fans need to be behind him um, because all strikers will go through those sort of spells. Yeah. Uh, but look, if, if he does, if he doesn't, score that and we win 2-1 we're not really talking about it as much are we um, no. I'd, I'd, I'd rather point the finger more at the way Keane's played the last two games really because yeah. you know we've conceded three goals in two games and and you, know, you could arguably say every single one of them is a mistake you know what I mean yeah. so um, could I, could I just, could I just some, ask someone on the back of that Lee just obviously you all know your centre-backs a lot better than I do yeah. But I've noticed it with my own team, Huddersfield. It seems to have to happen. A big thing is made at the moment, isn't it, of, of leaders, and it often gets talked about in relation to Arsenal and what have you. I think there's a lot of clubs now that have quite often two very good individual centre-halves playing together, but but neither of them open their mouths. And I was, is Keane the sort of lad that needs a centre-back next to him? that's going to drag him and make sure that he's concentrating and switched on all the time and pull him about and make sure that, you know, he's doing what he should be doing. Because um, I certainly yeah. see the others field. And I think, I think there's a lot of centre-backs out now that are individually very good, but they need someone vocal next to them. And yeah. 
you know, for Leeds' goal, like, when I watched the highlights, Leeds seemed to open Everton up so easy sometimes. And a lot of it, it was just, you know, that half a yard just lapsing concentration sometimes. And I think it made... I th- I think... Um, what's his... I've forgotten his name now, the centre-half you've got next to Mina. Ian. Who, sorry? No, no. So no, you we had Keane and Mina yesterday. Sorry, Keane, yeah, yeah. I think Keane's a good centre-half. I just wonder if he needs someone next to him who's going to, you know, give it, just keep him on his toes, really, and keep he's, talking. He's very, he's very fragile mentally, Dave. And then Keane, yeah. Keane if, if you ask Keane to defend a low block with no one running in behind him, like he did at Burnley pretty much week in, week out, he's a good defender. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He'll win with a lot of balls in the air, and you know, he'll do the basics well, like clearances, things like that. But if you ask him, if you if you ask him to defend us, you know, even a semi-high line, like you know, you look at that first goal. It's a nothing ball that's been pumped forward, yeah. and then literally, you know, it's a slight deflection. He's in no man's land, like Callum said before. He's completely lost his man. First of all, is he makes a mistake because he takes you know forever to turn after he's lost the ball, and then that's it. It's a goal written all over it, and that's purely because he hasn't got the pace to recover. Now, I even said to you boys before the game, I think Godfrey will massively miss him today. Just yeah. purely for that reason, if you're a centre half and you've got loads of pace like Ben Godfrey and even someone like Van Dyke and others, you can afford to make a mistake, but your recovery pace is so good, you can get back at the attacker before they're through on yeah. goal. And you are right, there is, the, you know, there are not many nowadays, you know, really vocal centre halves knocking about. You know, almost like old school, even like, like to John Terry's and mm. Ferdinand's people like that. You know, who are accomplished defenders, but they're also very mouthy as well. Uh, and, 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 these, and these mouthy defenders can get away with not having much pace because they read the game so well and they're so organised and they're so switched on. Yeah, and correct, yeah. Work really correct. well as a unit. And I think that lack of pace that you've identified is made to look even worse because neither centre-back is taking charge and being commanding in that situation. Yeah. Well, Callum nailed it before. He said he said that uh, those, two, those two guys are, are too similar and they are. They are mm. too similar. You know, mm. you look at Mina, I thought Mina had a right tussle with Bamford yesterday. It was quite fun to watch, actually, both of them having a bit of a ding-dong. And Mina's just hilarious when he's like that. He was winding him up, then hugging him one minute. You know, and then uh, that if you look at that chance at the end there, that's cracking defending that. Because yeah. obviously, a, a, he's read the run of Bamford and he's won a great header. And then the ball comes back again. Bamford could have easily just flicked that in off the... You know, imagine if he'd have flicked it in off the floor and yeah. it won 3-2. You'd have been absolutely devastated last kick of the game. But he's, he's reacted to that as well. And now Mina, I still think, you know, Godfrey's got some development to do. Mina's still, for me, our best centre-half. He spots danger, like you just said, hey, he reads the game so well. Again, he's not the quickest, but he reads the game brilliantly. He's always alert to danger. Um, and we just need to keep him fit. So if you have him and Godfrey playing next to each other, then I think you've got a decent combo there. You've got the pace of Godfrey who can recover and you've got Mina that'll basically, you know, go up against you as a centre-half and basically like win every single header or you know just wind you up in general, really. I just comment on that there. I think Lee's like nailed it there, like in terms of what he've said. Um, I think Keane is vocal. I, I, when, when I do see him, he does know what he's doing. He does command people and get people to off throw-ins or whatever, drag people into position. But I think when he's playing with someone like Mina or even a Holgate who's really inexperienced, he just... He doesn't look comfortable, in my opinion. I think when Godfrey's next to him, I think he has that bit more confidence knowing that he can take a bit more time on the ball. He's got Godfrey next to him. If he does make a mistake, Godfrey's probably going to clear up at the back because he's so fast. Um, but as you know, as Lee said, 
Meaning and Keane is too similar. And I think when you're starting to like attack and you're pushing really high and then the long balls going behind, I think we're going to be look so vulnerable because we, we literally got no pace. You look at our back line, Keane, Mina. Mina's probably quicker than Keane, but he's still not quick. Dean's quick, but then it goes high and wide. And Coleman does the same. And Coleman's not quick neither. So it's like, you look at that back line, there's not much pace at all. Then in front of that, you've got Alan, who's yet great at reading the game, but he's not quick. A player can easily, easily go past him and you can't recover the same thing. So then you've got the core, obviously, box to box. So I think Godfrey coming into that side will massively help us. And it probably will end up being Godfrey and Mina, if Mina can stay fit and get a good run of games in. Yeah, that, that's a big question mark over Mina. Has always been his his fitness, hasn't he? I mean, yeah. it's better as 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 he spent more time in in the Premier League, and I think his leadership qualities, Mina. I think as he's become more comfortable with probably the English game and the English language as well, he's I think he's got better at that also. Um, and like Lee said, it was great to watch him yesterday in full wind up mode. Although that little slap that he got across his face and the way he went down was a little bit pathetic but <laughs> some people like that so, so, some people don't not, not, not for me really but I thought I thought on the whole he had a half decent game but um, question marks over Michael Keane but like I said earlier on hopefully when Ben Godfrey's back in which should be should be the coming week then you know we, we, we can hopefully see our, our favoured two at the back but talking of the coming week it's it's a busy week for, for the Blues Um and it starts off with a, with a trip to, to Huddersfield on, on Tuesday evening uh, for the, the second round of the, the Carabao Cup. Um, and, and David, it's up to you, Gary, because obviously when, when we play in, in, in cup competitions, you know, we, we don't, we don't um, teams in the Championship League want to set to week in, week out. Um, so it's difficult for us at times to, to sort of give an overview to, to, to our listeners. But... Looking at the table there, Huddersfield not doing too bad. Decent start to the season, seven points from four games, and had a great win yesterday over over your, your pretty near rivals, Sheffield United, in in stoppage time. So you, you must be you must be pretty pleased at the moment going into a big game on Tuesday. Um, I, I'm I'm very pleasantly surprised at the start that they've made. Um, and as much as it pains me to say this, I I do think that the the, the decent start that they've had is papering over cracks a little bit. Um, I mean, I, I could talk all all day about my frustrations with 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 Huddersfield. Unfortunately, um, I mean, the, the, we've just we just we just sold all our our players. Our best player at the moment, O'Brien, looks like he's going to Leeds. Sounds as though they're arguing the toss about you know is he. I think Huddersfield won eight or nine. Leeds don't want to pay more than seven, and it, it's just so. Lewis O'Brien, the lad that Leeds won, is twenty-two years old, English player, midfielder, and Bielsa wants him. So how the hell can you not be worth eight or nine million? How can you not be worth more than that? I mean, a twenty-two-year-old English midfielder that's going to make Leeds a better team. Does that not automatically propel him? To being worth 15, 20 million in this market. But there you go, they're arguing about that. So I hope they miss out and I hope someone else buys him instead if he's going to go. <laughs> um, I really do. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see him not playing against you, against Everton, because 
you know, if he's going to go, then it's it's not worth the risk, is it? Um, and I, I probably sound very pessimistic, but Huddersfield, in the same sort of way that the chairman's selling all our best players and replacing them with with free transfers, we, we just signed Jordan. Just given the thirty-one-year-old Jordan Rhodes a three-year contract, and he's got injured. He's hurt his back, apparently, out for a few months. And someone said, oh, isn't that lucky? Well, no, it's not unlucky. Because sometimes in football, you get what you pay for. The fact that we got him on a free transfer is because someone's released him. Someone's released him because he's probably commanding now more money than what he's worth. He's wrong side of third. He's going to be more injury prone. So it's not unlucky. It's, it's, you know, it's This is what happens. We sign players for free. We, we sell our best players for and get several million for him. We, we we think we're being really clever by getting him in for a, for a free transfer. And then we get surprised when they don't do very well or they get injured. You know, and it, and it's really, really frustrating. I think in football, yes, it's being, being shrewd, getting people cheap can be clever. But if you think you can do it every time and get away with it, if you think you can sell a player for eight million and replace him with a free transfer, and you think you're going to get away with that every time, then, you know, I think it's extremely naive. And at the moment, Huddersfield have got a lot of free transfers that I've yet, I'm yet to be very convinced with. The, the cheap, the, the cheap, and, you know, we've brought Bielsa in. We brought um, Bielsa's ex-coach in, Corbran, with this idea of um, trying to emulate what Leeds have done. And I can see why you'd want to do that, you know, Attractive, expansive, fast, aggressive football for a relatively low budget. But if if you're going to do that, you you have to at least back the manager a bit to be able to bring players in to fit that style. Huddersfield seemed to have thought, right, right, what's about on free? Well, he's cheap, he's free, we'll get him in. And lo and behold, they've now got a squad where they haven't got the players to play like that. Jordan Rhodes has never pressed. A defender in his life, he's just not that. He just isn't that sort of striker. He's so been around he, for years. He's <laughs> been around for years, but any thrive. You put the ball and you whip a ball in the box, and in terms of movement and being switched on, is he, he could be in Premiership if that's for that alone. You know, if that was all what a striker was in the Premier League, he's as good as anybody at sticking the ball in the net from a good, a good cross. But outside the box, he's a waste of space. He, he does very little. Yet we've signed him. To, to 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 go to go and we want to go and press defenders. He's never never going to press a defender. He didn't do it when he was twenty one. He's not going to do it when he's thirty one. Very good, very good recruitment. That is it. It's sort of it's got, a man, got a manager there who wants to play. You know, aggressive front foot pressing from the front and whatever. And then you buy someone who who's not going to do that. It's like it's a bit of a strange one, that isn't it? Yeah, and but the, I just think the chairman's a bit like a magpie. He sees some cheap, and he, you know, it's like me at Asda. I see some that's got yellow whoopsie sticky on it, a sticker on it, and I, so I buy it. and I think, bloody, hell, that's a good deal. I buy it, and then I get home and I think, actually, I don't think I'm going to eat that. When am I going to eat that? I probably won't. But <laughs> get drawn into the deal, and we've got a striker with a big name on a three-year contract. He's probably on ten k a week, which probably doesn't sound like that much. It's been probably ten twenty k a week, which. You know, to, if he gets injured for a lot of the time, it's a lot of money to come out of a championship club. That, yeah. So, you know, bringing it back towards the game with Everton, um, 
I don't think that given the investment that Huddersfield have put into the team, Huddersfield will not be thinking about having a good cup run. I wouldn't be surprised to see him put. I wouldn't be surprised to see us put four or five younger players in and give some of the senior lads a rest because we just we don't have the resources to do well in that cup. And likewise, if I, if you don't mind me saying, as far as Everton are going, Everton should be just Carabao Cup. I know it's not, you know, particularly on top of any everybody's agenda list, but Everton should be just going out and nailing a cup competition like that. Just get it won. Get it won and then next season think about Champions League if you want. Just win something. Yeah. But I, I, I can't see this game going any other way than Jordan Rhodes is out. We've got nothing up front. I, I don't I can't see us really hurting Everton. I think if Everton put a decent side out, it could be a, a quite a comfortable two 0 win. That'd be I agree my... with you on the I agree with you on the Carabao Cup shout. The problem the problem we've got is that Guardiola likes to win everything. Yeah, and yeah. The problem, City's reserves, even the reserves, but he can win that trophy. Otherwise, you're right because when City first came into money and they wanted to win something, they 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 targeted that trophy, didn't they? Um, and obviously, we 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 definitely need to win a trophy. Uh, it's been far too long for a club of our size, to be honest. Uh, and like you said, you know, we're not going to win the league. It pains me to say that we're just not going to win the league with that squad. But we're going to do well to even break that monopoly top four at the minute. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, yeah. I think he should play. He should play a strong side. I know Carlo. Carlo, to be fair to him, played strong sides in the cup last season, and we had some good wins. And you know, we were unfortunate in the end just to to get knocked out. But um, yeah, I think he, he should go strong tomorrow. Um, I would want him to go strong anyway. I don't know what everyone else thinks. Yeah, I think he'll probably maybe rest Coleman or well, anything. Rook Coleman will drop out. He might play Godfrey at right back, maybe. Um, go Holgate Mina at the back. Something like that. Um, and then maybe rest Richarlison on the bench, maybe. Um, we should have enough to win, shouldn't we? Um, but yeah, hopefully it's a strong side. What else? I think we'll see a few of the a few of the squad players. I mean, we we know the first couple of games in the league this season, we we, we still look sure that we on the bench. Yeah. We still, you know, I know we've had obviously a few issues surrounding COVID and injury. We haven't we haven't seen obviously Ben Godfrey and Andre Gomez, of course. Obviously, Hammers yeah. not going to see. We'll be seeing Hammers. Yeah, so we, we've got we've got a few issues there, but the, the likes of probably. Tom Davis will be looking to get a start in centre mid. Maybe Gabamon, you, you know, he's on the back on the bench yesterday, which is great to see. So it would be an ideal time to, to give him some minutes, whether it's from the off or half hour in the second half, depending on how things are going. I expect Begovic to start, to be perfectly honest. Uh, I think he'll come in, come in and go. Um, so I, I think there'll be a fair there'll be a fair few changes, but not to the extent, you know, where we're, we're taking out nine or ten players because we haven't got nine or ten half decent replacements to come in. To be no. perfectly honest, but um, I think we will see maybe four or five, four or five changes from what we saw, what we saw at the weekend. Um, you know, it probably gives Calvert Lewin maybe he won't play, and it might give him a, a bit of a, a bit of a rest, um, to, to try and nurse that that toe injury as well. But, but what are your thoughts, Pete? You know, obviously we've got Dave saying there's a little bit of pessimism there, maybe surrounding Huddersfield because we know when we travel to to lower league sides. We we fall and foul of of those teams time and time again over the years. So we, we certainly know that we, we can't go into the games underestimating them. But there seems to be a little bit of a, a negative negative vibe around Huddersfield, which certainly could play into into our hands. You think? Yeah, well, uh, 
let's hope Dave's right. Let's hope so. Um, I, th- I think, you know, not 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 to be disrespectful to Huddersfield, I wouldn't see them as a potential banana skin. But you know, I think for any side that's not in the Premier League to to draw a Premier League team in a cup tie, they'd probably be really eager to beat them. Um, I'd be thrilled to you know to make the game as difficult as possible. So I'd I'd, I'd like to see a Wobi start. Because um, for me, Iwobi's he's a real confidence player, and I think he's he was a bit quiet for me against against Leeds. Um, but then you know he played very well when he came off the bench against Southampton. So if he could get a bit more footy, um, maybe do something positive, you know, build his confidence. I think that would that would be great. Um, it'd be interesting, yeah, what he does with Calvert Lewin and how much football he gives Moyes Keane. Because I, I know by all accounts, Keane's angling for a move sort of out of the club and I think the club would be quite keen to reinvest his transfer fee um, but then yeah, he played against Leeds um, which I, I was a little bit surprised about so if he's if he's in the squad and he's involved um, yeah it might be nice for him to, to potentially start the game maybe get a couple of goals Yeah we'll see we'll see of course you know the games come come pretty thick and fast, and it's a it's a real important game because, like like we discussed, you know we we want to be winning trophies, and it doesn't matter to me what trophy it is. We we, we want to be winning every single competition that we enter, and there's there's no better place to start. And let's have a have a round of predictions if if we can. Dave, what are your thoughts on the game? I think it just depends what team Huddersfield put out. I I've I been a bit pessimistic before, I suppose, but Huddersfield have been a poor cup team for many years they, ju- they just don't ever prioritise it or do well if if Josh Caroma and, um, and and Thomas play two quite fast young tricky wingers who look I'd expect them to be in Premier League next year to be honest um, if Thomas and Caroma play I think it could be closer it could be Uddersfield, I think it'll be close. It could, it could be two one ever and one all, something like that. Uh, going to extra extra time. Did they do extra time in this cup? I can't remember. Um, but if if if, the, if they don't play and the rest some of the better players like that, then I could I, I, two nil Everton. I would say. Pete, I'm going to go with a highly optimistic three nil. Fresh leg to to be the difference. Callum. I'll go. Um, I was going to go two 0 I'll, I'll go three one. Three one, comfortable. I'm. I'm. I'm going to say. I'm going to say. Six 0 Two. No. <laughs> I'm going to say two 0 <laughs> Two 0 for me. I think. I think we we'll get through. Um, I say a few changes that we made, and uh, but I still think we'll have enough on the night to to get through. Um, it does go straight to penalties as well if it's if it's still after ninety minutes. Mm. Um, based on what I've read, so. Yeah, that, that could be, could be interesting. Uh, now I would ask Lee his prediction, but he's actually shoot off, so I won't. But I think I think he said to, to put him down for a seven nil. So I'll, I'll put, him, <laughs> put him down for that. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's it's it's, it's it's always it's always good, you know, to to to, to get get the cup going and and hopefully we can pick up a win and, and get through to the uh, to the third round. Um, but after after obviously that game, we we're back to. To league action against against Brighton and and a Brighton side who started the the season off in in fine form with a couple of couple of decent wins, but it was a Burnley week one and then obviously a good a good home win against against Watford yesterday. So we are travelling away from home 
again. Um, so you know, it's it's never we've never performed particularly well at Brighton since since they've they've come into the Premier League. They they're going to be going to the games with the with the tails off, and it's 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 again you know the, the games the, the games are coming as I say thick and fast, and it's a game before the the international break. We've got we've got that, and it's for me. It's the worst time. I hate this international break at the start of the season because yeah. if you get 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 a bit of a run going and you're picking up points and you're performing okay, as we found out last season, it it, it put a massive dent in into our our um, momentum. I thought last season, um, but obviously, you know, going into that particular game, Callum, Brighton are going to be no pushover, and after their their good start of the season, they're going to be right up for the game, are they? I watched the game yesterday, actually. Um, watched it against Watford. I think, you know what, for all the stick that, um, that Potter gets, like, oh, he's, he's an OK manager and this and that. You look at their start on 11, and, like, they've got, like, on paper, some average players. Like, Duffy scored yesterday at a great game. They've got Dunk at the back. Um, that Lamptey's out. Um, but Watford only had one shot targets in that game. Um, Brighton was just so good. Gross was quality. Um, he's one we need to watch out for the deliveries on crosses and pullbacks is exceptional um, Mupai is dangerous scored a great goal um, when Basuma won it and then when we went off with a, a shoulder injury so hopefully he's, he's out because he's a real threat and he's busy he comes short runs in behind he's, 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 he's hard to play against but that um, that Basuma what a player he is by the way what a player Brighton have done well to keep him um, I know Arsenal wanted to get him, um, but I think he turned around and said, no, I, I love it at Brighton and this is where I want to stay. But he's a top draw player. I, I'd go all out and try and sign him um, because I think he's exactly what we need. I think he's a, sort of, he's a younger version of Alan. He just reads the game so well. He's quick, he's aggressive. He's received the ball yesterday from the keeper. Keepers stitched him up, played it right to him. And the players, I think it's clever. Someone's like, he's on to him, he's closed him down. And he just drew, drew, drew him in, dropped his shoulder and then knocked it round the corner and just by-pressed, just um, beat that, that midfield line and Brighton were away. Um, so it's going to be a very tough game, very tough. With Watford having one shot on target yesterday, um, I think we'd need to play two up front, I think, to, to sort of move around their back line because Calvert-Lewin needs three of their centre-backs. He found that a, a tough afternoon, I think. Mm. Yeah, that t- totally, totally agree. I mean, obviously, we were linked with with Potter, weren't we, ourselves in the in the yeah. summer uh, when we were searching for our new manager, and he he certainly wasn't wasn't a popular choice uh, because he he's not particularly fashionable. Let's get it right. And you know, someone said if, if you know he came from France or Italy or what have you, and you know, tried to instill the same kind of football as as we do see from from Brighton, we'd be all over him. Like, I think he's done a half decent job there. I, I really do. I think I think he's a decent manager. Uh, he's got them playing some some good football. He's got some real good assets at his disposal. Basuma probably being the main one. I know there was there was as you say there was a lot of transfer talk early on in the window uh, about Basuma going. Uh, now whether or not Arsenal come back in for him after watching the uh, the Arsenal Chelsea game uh, that's on at the moment, so it's potentially with ten days to go, he might. Um, but they they are one of those sides who. You know, notoriously, they'll finish sort of maybe, what, 14, 15, say, but maybe look good doing so at times, if, if, I, can, if I can put it that way. Um, mm. Mope's always a bit of a threat. Um, but 
What do you think, Pete? Have you, have you been impressed with Brighton so far this season? Are you impressed with the, with the job Potter's doing? And, and, and do you think we can go there and, and, and get a positive result? Well, like, like Callum, I watched the game yesterday and I thought they were absolutely outstanding. I, I thought the, the quality of football was brilliant. They absolutely played um, Watford off the park. And it, this is what I, th- I think Potter's third or fourth season with them now. And you wonder whether you're starting to see the, the sort of the, the byproduct of you know, a team that's really coached in a certain style of football now. Um, you know, they, they just they dominated possession. Everything was, uh, you, you know, really well executed, really neat play. Um, they probably overplayed a little bit at times. And again, like Callum said, you wonder if they are better players, you know, certainly better strikers, um, you know, whether they, they could be scoring more. I, th- I think I've had a, a stat that last season, they were up there uh, in terms of chances created with, uh, you know, some of the top four sides, but they just couldn't put couldn't put them away. Um, so I think it will be a really hard game, and uh, they seem to be on the crest of a wave right now. Um, you know, we're we're playing them away at a time where they're really hitting their top form. So I think it will be really, a really tough game, and I, I worry slightly with our sort of counter-attacking style, allowing them to have so much of of the ball. Um, I think we'll need to be really effective again on on the counter attack, and I think it might be a case of, you know, which version of Everton turns up. I think if it's the Everton in the first half against Southampton, where we just couldn't make anything stick and we couldn't really put any, you know, any sense of create uh, creative or effective attacking play together, I think we could get beat. Um, but then I think if we have a, you know, a similar spell to the first 15, 20 minutes of the second half against Leeds, then it, it could be our game to lose. Yeah, I, I, I mean, like 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 any away game in the Premier League, you know, with, with the fans back, it's going to be it's always going to be tricky. But I think I think watching us in the first the first couple of games, I have got a, that that bit more confidence in the second sense, you know, in terms of I think that we're, we're maybe never out of games and we're we're always a threat. Uh, hopefully, welcoming Ben Godfrey back over the course of the next the next week or so, and and you know if he's not fit for for Tuesday because of obviously lack of. Matt's fitness, he could, he could be fit for the for the Saturday, and he'll he'll slot right in there. Um, you know, I, I think I think it's like we said. You know, it's it's it'll be a difficult game because of how they're playing, how they set up. I mean, the, the boss possession against Watford, uh, 60-40 in terms of possession. So, you know, we're quite happy, aren't we, to do that? And like you say, if we've got if we've got two up front and we we're causing their their three at the back a bit more a bit more trouble. Then you know I think we 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 could be well equipped I think to win the game to be honest. Um, Dave, what are your thoughts again from a outside looking in? Have you seen much of much of Brighton um, over the, the last last twelve months or so? What, what are your thoughts on them? Um, to tell you the truth, I think that Brighton are just experts at boring teams to death. <laughs> I know they've started this season quite well, but when I've watched them prior to this season, I just think they're so boring. They just they just almost strangle the opposition to death by how much possession they have, and I just find it awful to watch. But anyway, I've probably been a bit not really giving them the full credit they deserve. They've obviously started really well this season, haven't they? Um, I don't pretend to have watched them that much this season at all, so I can't comment that far. But um, I, yeah, I, I think um, I think it will be a tough game for Everton. I, th- I think as well you have to consider Benitez's mindset. He's new in it, Everton, isn't he? Benitez is 
he's, he's very pragmatic and results-driven, isn't he? I think he'll go to Brighton with the intention of not losing. I think it could be... I just... I just think Brighton will be a little bit disappointed if they don't win because they've had they've had a really good start, and I think Everton will also be a little bit disappointed if they don't win. I can I can just see it being quite a tight game, and I think both teams will probably cancel each other out. I think both teams will come out of it being fairly satisfied, really. Yeah, potentially so. I mean, you're right in what you say about Benitez, and we've said already every single game that we have especially early on under him. He's under the microscope every single time and people are either wanting him to fail or waiting him, waiting for him to fail, you know, for that, that first time. And, um, you know, potentially so, as I said, I do. It does It does fill me with hope that, you know, even yesterday at two-all and at one-all, chances pushing on and we've got, we've got the side now to do that. So I don't see Brighton in, you know, in, in any more um, better light. Than, than Leeds United, I don't think in terms of on the whole and, and you know on paper. So I don't think it's it's it don't think it's as a difficult game as going to Ellen Road as, as it was yesterday. But I do think obviously with the start they've made, it could be a bit of a banana skin for us and, and maybe you know we, we come away with a point. But you know let's let's see let's see how we go. But let let's dive in with the the predictions, Callum. What are we saying, Everton Brighton? Um, you know what, I'm going to go two one Everton. Pete Richarlison likes a goal against Brighton so I'm going to say 1-0 Richarlison and Dave what are we saying I'm going to say 0-0 nil, nil. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think all the uh, all the chat there was leading to a 0-0 a nil, nil, wasn't it um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to go for an Everton win I'm going to say 2-1 as well I think I think we'll have a little bit too much and I, I think the quality in in our squad and that extra bit of pace that we've got now I think really really stands us in good stead playing playing away from home so we'll uh, we'll wait and see on that but that's us for this week thanks everyone for, for listening uh, really really appreciated uh, we'll be back after the the Brighton game next weekend to look back on on that and also obviously the League Cup game against Huddersfield Callum and Dave really appreciate you both giving up some of your, your Sunday or early evening Sunday uh, to speak to us today thanks a lot lads yeah, thanks for having me. Good to see you, boys. See you for that. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. And next time, next, next time I'm on, hopefully I'll be um, have a bit more to cheer about about Huddersfield as well. I'm <laughs> Brighton. I'm Brighton. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> hopefully so. Say, so wish you all the best this season. Hopefully Huddersfield can do can do something. Um, and and who knows? Maybe they, they could surprise everyone and get back in the uh, in the Premier League. So uh, we'll catch everyone next week. Thanks for listening. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.